So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. The gut and the brain are deeply, deeply fucking connected. And this is what the episode is going to be all about. It's going to be about food. It's going to be about nutrition. It's going to be about what you apparently should be eating, what you should not be eating, diets, and all these things, because it is important. I'm going to see you the next time. Well, or actually after the intro. <laughs> the next time, right? But yeah. And with a bang, which... With that being said, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And I'm really looking forward to this episode. It's going to be a good one. But yeah, I think we should just go straight into the thing. You know, we should go straight into the articles that I've found, you know, that I've been searching for. And I've been, been finding quite some good articles, I have to say. I at least hope, I know. So yeah, on the left side of the screen, you're actually seeing a tutorial on how to pronounce the chi in Dutch. Um, just because I've actually wanted to look up whether Gouda, as a lot of people are pronouncing it, if it is actually right or wrong. Because in German, we are saying Gouda. And I do also, apparently, you know, not think that it is kind of the right way to just pronounce it. And apparently, the G is actually pronounced like It is just like the German CH, if you know that. But it's it's like pretty crazy. And I still don't know. I'm just then also going to look it up. Um, How Gouda then, if it is Gouda. It could actually be the case, you know, it, like, I don't know, it, it sounds a little bit Dutch, to kind of be honest. But yeah, you know, it's not what we are going to talk about today, because today it's going to be about probiotic foods, it's going to be about how the food affects your mood, and um, I've also figured out a few Harvard articles there, which I think are pretty good and are pretty interesting to, to go through and see what actually the food is doing to our brain, and especially our mood, which is, in my point of view, something that's incredibly important, because as uh, we are also then going to talk about food is actually really heavily affecting your mood, which is something that you can see by being hangry. You know, I just, I know that you're just, I know that you know that as well. Um, you know, when you're hungry, that you're actually getting angry as well. And I do actually also have to say that it makes sense. It really makes sense because just going back into, into the really early days of being a stone man, stone man, stone age man, stone, stone age woman, stone age child, you know what I'm referring to. <laughs> and going back into these days, it actually made sense, you know, to really get angry and really get aggressive when you are fucking hungry because this enables you to probably hunt better. It would actually be also interesting to see whether it actually if this is different in women uh, compared to men. Because like hunters and gatherers and or hunters and like, okay, the men were the hunters and whatever. Like, you know what I, what, you know what I mean? But it would actually be very interesting to see if there is a difference there. Because it would make sense. It really would. But it definitely makes sense in general that we are getting hangry. Because as I said, being aggressive and then having a higher possibility of being able to just hunt some deer or hunt some other animal or to just uh, maybe... <clears throat> Yeah, hunt, hunt something something else down. You know, it just makes sense by being more aggressive and whatnot. But still, it is also pretty interesting uh, to see how it is also kind of related to depress depression and feeling bad and having a bad mood and so on. And they're also just pointing then out a diet that we're also then going to have a look at, which is also relatively interesting that it actually is a pretty quote-unquote good one. So I don't know, like I haven't done this diet. But yeah, gut feelings, how food affects your mood. 
The human microbiome or gut environment is a community of different bacteria that has co-evolved with humans to be beneficial to both a person and the bacteria. So, which is actually, you know, the reason why I'm pointing this out is that I found it pretty interesting to see that there's actually also some benefits to the bacteria, you know, and not only to the human being. They also say that the microbiome evolves in the first 1000 days of your life. And um, then that's quite it. You know, you're going to have that biome and you're going to have that for the rest of your life, basically. But you can also just somehow change it throughout your life, as they are also saying it. Ultra-processed foods and gut health. Especially foods that contain chemical additives and ultra-processed foods affect your gut environment and increase your risk of diseases. Ultra-processed foods contain substances extracted from food, such as sugar and starch, added from food constitutes, which is hydrogenated fats, or made in a laboratory, like flu uh, flavor enhancers and food colorings, which is by the way something that I didn't know, that food colorings um, is actually also something that would make a food ultra-processed, at least by their definition. I'm not quite sure about that, and I'm also not quite sure about the fact that it you know, would actually make the food worse by doing that, you know, because of course you can also be like, well, I'm having a yogurt, and I'm putting some just uh, color drops in it, and then it is just having another color. Is it now worse for me? I don't know, like, especially if you're considering the amount of color that you most often need. You know, if you're actually having just food coloring, then most often you just need one drop and then it is pink like fuck. And it's like really, really not a lot. But something to also point out is that the industry makes these foods very tasty, consciously very, very tasty. And so that we are using that. And they're doing this by using such ingredients as additives and are cost effective to the consumer and so on. So they're using just some food coloring and f uh, flavor enhancers and all these things that they pointed out above. And something that's also pretty interesting is the way they're doing that, because there is a specific reason, I would say, you know, it's quote unquote specific reason why Oreos are just tough and or hard, soft, and then again, hard. You know, you're having a cookie on top, then you're having a cream, which is kind of soft and which is kind of like, um, not really something to, to chew, it's basically like to lick, kind of. <laughs> and then on the bottom, you're again having some sort of a cookie or whatever you actually want to call it. I don't know. And there is a reason behind that because uh, the way the food is tasting in terms of not the flavor, but in terms of how it feels in your mouth also just makes the food tastier, which might be also one of the reasons why a burger with salad in it, which is making it quote unquote crunchy, I would say, and a little bit more interesting to eat, is also making the fucking burger just nicer to eat in terms of you're willing to eat it more than something that's kind of tasting or feeling sluggish or feeling like really weird and maybe also disgusting you know like all these things you know <laughs> and it is by the way also something that I've been talking about on an episode as well I unfortunately don't know which one it was but it's been really interesting to see what tactics they're using but we might go through that uh, in the end of the video as well if we're having some time left but let's move on Foods are canned, or foods are canned foods, sugar-coated dried fruits, and salted meat products are so-called processed foods. So, which also contain, which is something that I also didn't know, foods that are canned. You know, I just totally was assuming sugar uh, or sugared food and all those things, and food that was just processed as like really processed. Like, okay, you're having some grain and you're processing it so that it is just. Uh, for example, the white rice, the white rice is processed and the natural or brown rice is unprocessed, you know, which makes sense. But I didn't know that canned food is also processed. 
Like, of course it is because sometimes or most often it is cooked or somehow stored in some, some liquid or whatnot, but that it is still kind of altering basically the way it is digested maybe, which is something that I didn't assume, you know, because I'm always buying my canned lentils because they're cheaper and I'm a cheap motherfucker and therefore I'm just choosing them. And also because sometimes it is more convenient since you do not have to cook them. Of course, you're losing just a ton of fucking nutrients. It is just insane. Like... Uh, 100 grams of canned uh, canned lentils are having like six grams six grams of 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 protein, and also like just 12 gram of uh, carbohydrates. Then, and compared to the regular quote unquote ones, so the fresh ones, they're having like 21, 26 grams of protein and like just uh, 50 grams of carbohydrates, like just kind of the double amount or kind of four times the amount. I think it's actually kind of the half, some sort of, if you're buying the canned ones, which is like pretty fucked up, you know? Uh, even though if you kind of just think about it as like, okay, you're gonna buy a can of half a kilo canned lentils, obviously. <laughs> and then you're basically having kind of the exact same thing as, I don't know, 250 gram of it, but you're having more volume, which might be like, okay, you're having more volume, which is good for the weight loss, like, yeah. And ultra processed foods are soda, Sugary or savory packaged snack foods, packaged breads, buns, packaged breads, didn't know that. Buns and pastries, fish or chicken nuggets. So are there fish nuggets? I also didn't know that. And instant noodle soups, which is something that we can assume. Like, I mean, if you're having a look at what it, what it, what is in instant noodle soups, it is fucked up. It really is like there's so much fucking bullshit in them. Like, it is insane. It fucking is insane. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Researchers recommend fixing the food first. In other words, what we eat before trying gut-modifying therapies. Yeah, which is also something that I am often trying to point out. First of all, we should actually be just changing the things we can change and then uh, yeah, take some drugs or take some other uh, or use therapies to help ourselves. But I mean, like, you know, it is often the case. It is often the case that we are then just, first of all, taking some pills or taking some other fucking drug just because it is more convenient. Because eating healthier, it is not as convenient as just taking some pill. Also in terms of weight loss, you know, most often the people would actually like to take some pills to lose their weight instead of uh, just eating healthier and fucking working out. I mean, I get it. It is convenient and whatnot, but I, it's, it's fucked up, you know. It is fucked up. Avoiding processed food and ultra-processed foods that are we know that are uh, that we know cause inflammation and disease. So also inflammation. But what does my gut have to do with my mood? The thing is, 90% of serotonin receptors are located in the gut, and serotonin is basically. Do they point it out as well? I only know that serotonin is a hormone that it, that is there for basically positivity not really like there's serotonin there's dopamine and there's just various different hormones i've also been talking about this in an episode and it is basically just making us happy some sort of you know this is quite the point there maybe i actually can look it up to give you a more detailed a compound present in the blood platelets and serum which constricts the blood vessels and acts as a neurotransmitter um yeah in the relative new field of Nutritional psychiatry, which is also going to be a part of this episode, we help patients understand how gut health and diet can positively or negatively affect their mood. When someone is uh, prescribed an antidepressant, most often the side effects evolve some gut-related side effects, which is something that's quite interesting, you know, something that I didn't assume, um, and which is just something that shows how, how, just how intense the correlation between the brain and the gut is. 
but it also just makes sense if you're having 90% of something in the gut area or in some other area, of course, it just plays a pretty huge part then. When the balance between the good and the bad bacteria is disrupted, diseases may occur, which also makes sense, you know. And now just let's talk about diets and depression. A recent study suggested eating a healthy balanced diet such as the Mediterranean diet or Mediterranean, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it, the Mediterranean diet, which is you know, we're going to talk about it later on. And avoiding inflammation-producing foods may be protective against depression. Maybe, you know. Uh, yeah, we're also going to talk about that later on. But just to keep it short a little bit, um, if you're just really depressed and whatnot, then it also, it, it wouldn't also change something about that if you're eating really fucking healthy. Of course, it changes how you feel and changes your mood and whatnot. But if it is really about uh, a depression, if it is about an illness, then it is not going to change too much, you know, as they also pointed out or are going to point out in the other article. You also cannot eat your way out of feeling depressed or anxious. Yeah, just as I was saying, food is not going to impact serious forms of depression and thoughts of suicide and it is important to seek treatment. In an emergency room or contact your doctor if you are experiencing thoughts about harming yourself. Then there are some suggestions for healthier gut and improved mood. Eat whole foods and avoid packaged or processed foods which are high in unwanted food additives and preservatives that disrupt the healthy bacteria in the gut. Of course, it makes sense. Instead of vegetable or fruit juice, consider increasing your intake of fresh food uh, or fresh veggies and fresh fruits and or frozen foods, which as they say are also quite good if there is no added sugar to them. Eat enough fiber and include whole grains and legumes in your diet, whatever legumes are. Legumes. A leguminous plant member of the pea family, especially one grow as a crop, he saws a mixture, okay, ah, I see, legumes, as nuts, for example. Or lentils as well. I think they are also legumes. Legumes. They are legendary. Legumes. Legumes. <laughs> Include probi probiotic rich foods such as plain yogurt without added sugar. I've also been looking that up because I actually wanted to see what probiotic uh, rich foods actually are. We're gonna talk about that. There's so many things that we're gonna talk about today and that we are already 15 minutes in. Fucking hell. To reduce sugar intake at breakfast, add cinnamon to plain yogurt with berries or uh, to oatmeal or chia pudding. Adding fermented foods such as caviar, which is unsweetened or which should be unsweetened, sauerkraut or sauerkraut, as it's... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it just really uh, pronounced in the right way or so pronounced in German is like really fucking tough. Like sauerkraut, it is like really cute and whatsoever, but sauerkraut, it is like... <laughs> Such a tough language, to be honest, you know? Or kimchi can be helpful to maintain a healthy gut. Eat a balance of seafoods and lean poultry and less red meat each week. Add a range of colorful fruits and fresh fruits and veggies to your diet and consider choosing certain organic produce, which makes sense. So I think we should first of all go through the other Harvard article, which is kind of more detailed in terms of uh, depression and whatnot. And then we're going to talk about the Mediterranean diet, which is really interesting as well. But I kind of wonder, you know what I'm wondering about why? No, this is not what I'm willing to do, but I'm willing to just take this one. Why is it like different? Hmm. Why is it like different? I don't actually know why it is different. But I could actually just make it bigger then. Very sorry for doing this right now. But yeah, let's just let it be like this. Even though I don't know how it changed or why it changed. So yeah, 
Like an expensive car, your brain functions the best when it gets only premium fuel. Basically not quite sure about that, but yeah. Eating high-quality high foods that contain lots of vitamins, minerals and antioxidants nourish the brain and protects it from oxidative stress. The waste, so quote-unquote waste, and free radicals produced when the body uses oxygen, which can damage cells, then make myself bigger. It's also fine, I guess. I hope that the font is not too small now, but it should be fine. But yeah. Um, definitely, even though I do have to say that is your car going to break fucking immediately when you're fuel fueling it with not premium fuel? Probably not. Um, is it going to not be good in the long term? I don't know, I'm not a car driver, I'm not even having my fucking license, I have to do this in the next... So I, actually after graduating I actually have to do it then and I'm really not looking forward to that, it really pisses me off a little bit. But yeah, um, is it going to break? No. Is it going to harm it? Maybe. Is it just, is there any kind of negative effect on your brain and your body in general when you're eating only shitty food? Yes, of course. And you're probably also seeing it, you know, when I'm... The, the problem is, I don't even know what it feels like to just eat unhealthy because I'm so in a fucking game and I haven't been eating something quote-unquote unhealthy. Like, it still really depends on um, what you believe is unhealthy. But, but I actually would consider pizza something unhealthy and I've eaten a pizza like a month ago or something and I just really felt that it is not really the best thing for my body. But yeah. Diets high in refined sugars, for example, are harmful to the brain. In addition to worsening your body's regulation of insulin, they also promote inflammation and oxidative stress. Multiple studies have found a correlation between a diet high in refined sugars and impaired brain function and even a worsening of symptoms of mood disorders such as depression. Studies have shown that when people take probiotics, supplements containing the good bacteria, their anxiety levels, perception of stress and mental outlook improve compared with people who do not take probiotics. Other studies have compared traditional diets like the Mediterranean diet and the traditional Japanese diet to a typical Western diet and have shown that the risk of depression is 25% to 35% lower in those who eat a traditional diet. The question now is, what is a traditional diet? Is it like I'm gonna eat bullshit all the fucking time? It actually seems <laughs> to be the case for me, <laughs> to really be honest here. Um, but yeah, is it really like only bullshit? Is it really like something, I don't know? Or is it like uh, quote-unquote normal? The problem is that nowadays life, normal is like complete fucked up and completely shitty. But yeah, <laughs> this may sound Im implausible to you, but the notion that good bacteria not only influence what your gut digests and absorbs, but that they also affect the degree of inflammation throughout your body, as well as your mood and energy level, is gained traction among researchers. And this is now a really good point to point out uh, that it is only articles that I'm going through. I don't know too much about it, I can only just say what I have just experienced myself, what I think might be true, and these things. So please take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it is actually one of the reasons why I do not really like to talk about nutrition and those things, just because it is highly scientific and everyone thinks about things in a different way. So also the Mediterranean diet, it is ranked actually as the best overall diet there is, as you can see down there. But still, like, I don't know, if it is not working for you, it's not working for you. It is what it is, but maybe try it out, maybe see what it is doing for you and or to you. And if you notice that it is not doing any good to you, then please just don't fucking do it. You know, it wouldn't make any fucking sense to do it then. Uh, just only because some people say it is a good diet and whatnot. Yeah, the Mediterranean diet. It actually is one of the best diets as the US news health site says. And I'm just gonna trust in that right now. I don't know if I should, but we are gonna see. 
it is generally accepted that the folks in countries bordering the Mediterranean, uh, Mediterranean, the Mediterranean, I'm actually sorry, Mediterranean Sea live longer and suffer less than most Americans from cancer and cardiovascular elements. Uh, the not surprising secret is an active lifestyle, weight control and a diet low in red meat, sugar and saturated fat and high in produce, produce, nuts and other healthful, which is by the way a word that I've never ever been encountering, healthful foods. Uh, the Mediterranean diet, Mediterranean diet may offer a host of health benefits, may offer a host of benefits, you know, cancer prevention and so on and so on. The pros of the whole diet's uh, the pros and cons are nutritionally sound, uh, diverse foods and flavors. The problem is lots of grunt work and moderately pricey. Yeah, it really can be pricey. And now we're there having a ranking, you know, just to show you the US News Best Diet Rankings. First of all, um, so the, the Mediterranean diet is the number one in best diets overall, uh, number 17 in best weight loss diets, then the number one in best heart health diets, the best diabetes diets is also number one, best diets for healthy eating, the number one, the best diet for easiest diets to follow, which I'm actually not quite sure about since it's definitely going to evolve not eating some things. And it is also the number one in best plant-based diets, even though I'm not quite sure if it is actually plant-based. I don't really think so. And it is number 30 in best fast weight loss diets. And they're also having some sort of a just graph there or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. So it's a 4.2 out of 5 overall. Because this is an eating pattern, not a structured diet, you're on your own to figure out how many calories you should eat to lose, your, to lose or maintain your weight, what you'll do to stay active and how you'll shape your Mediterranean menu. Which is, by the way, something that I really do enjoy because it makes sense. It really does. It really does make sense to follow a pattern but just choose how you're going to use the pattern in terms of if you're willing to gain weight, you're definitely going to use the pattern in a different way than if you're willing to lose weight, which makes sense. So yeah, you know, which actually makes it very diversified and very, um, maybe it was easy to incorporate into your life because we all are having different goals. Because I, for example, I want to uh, gain weight or I would like to gain weight and some other people definitely not, you know. The Mediterranean diet or Mediterranean <laughs> diet... A pyramid should help you get you started. The pyramid emphasizes eating fruits, veggies, whole grains, beans, nuts, legumes, olive oil, and flavorful herbs and spices. Fish and seafood at least a couple of times a week. And poultry. Whatever poultry is. I don't know. Oh, I see. Eggs, cheese, and yogurt in moderation while saving sweets and red meat for special occasions. Top it all with a splash of red wine if you want. Remember to stay physically active and you are set. While certainly not required, a glass a day for women and two a day for men is fine if your doctor says so. Red wine has gotten a boost because it contains resveratrol, a compound that seems to add years to life. But you would have to drink hundreds of thousands of glasses to get enough resveratrol to possibly make a difference. So maybe not. Therefore, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm not a drinker, but I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do on my prom or at my prom, how I'm going to do it with the drinking part there. Not quite sure, though, you know? Haven't figured it out up to this point. Is there something else that I'm willing to go through today? I would actually also like to, but maybe this is going to be for a different episode, you know, how just the industry is making food tasty, also in terms of the, um, the way it's just 
tastes, not in terms of the taste, but as I said, how it feels in your mouth. And there's definitely a word for it, but I don't know the word. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, I think it is going to just be the, ah, right, probiotic foods. And I'll just have a look at these really quickly. Uh, while there are several different classes and types of probiotics, some of the most common include Bifidobacterium lactobacillus Socrumisis baulardi, which is a type of yeast. Uh, food manufacturers may also call probiotics life culture or active cultures. Many fermented products contain probiotics, which means the bacteria in them are still living. Like there is some um, dried out packages that you can get from the... Uh, Pharmacia, what is it called in, in, in English? I only just know it in Italian, apparently, and <laughs> also in German. Uh, you know probably what I mean? But yeah, never mind. Um, these are some packages, and it's like a granulate, and you're just putting it into your fucking water, and you're dissolving it then, and then you're drinking it, and then you're actually having some living bacteria in your mouth. Quite, actually. Often the food production process destroys living bacteria. If a product is available on a shelf and is not refrigerated, it may not contain life, live and active probiotics. If a product is available on a shelf and is not refrigerated, it may not contain... Why? So examples of dairy products that contain probiotics include aged cheese, such as cheddar, and this is the reason why I've actually looked up Gouda or Gouda or Chuda, because there is Chuda or Mozzarella, or Mozzarella, Mozzarella, however you're willing to pronounce it. Kefir, a probiotic milk drink, traditional buttermilk must not be cultured, and yogurt. Not all foods must be dairy to contain probiotics. Examples of other probiotic foods are non-dairy yogurts, fresh sour dill pickles, kimchi, uh, kombucha or fermented tea, miso, natto, a food made from fermented soybeans. In general, uh, very often fermented foods in general having a lot of probiotics. Sauerkraut, sauerkraut, sempeth, a popular meat substitute, water, or brine cured olives. Oh, how do you add more probiotics to food? Yeah, I think, and this is by the way from the Medical News Today site, and everything is as always going to be down in the description. So the point of this video is please eat healthier. I know this is what I'm willing to point out. This is how I'm willing to change your mind into um, adopting a healthier diet because it makes sense and because it is important and you're also gonna feel better. Your overall well-being is going to be way higher and way better and I, I do understand why people do not want to just follow such a strict diet and such a um, strict quote-unquote healthy diet because it is work, you know? It of course is work, it involves some work and it involves some being strict with your diet and just not eating some things that are really good. But yeah, you know, it's going to be just better for you in the end, in the short term and also in the long term, which is kind of the interesting part that it, you're also just going to feel better in the short term, you know? but especially in the long term when you're older and whatnot. But yeah, it is going to be the end of the video. And I hope that you had a really great time because I had. And yeah, I'm going to see you the next time. So I wish you the best health of happiness and also success. And I wish you the... And I also hope that you're going to remind yourself on how you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy, which basically means just being a nice person and then also going to be remembered as a nice person. Three other questions that I'm having for you are, um, <laughs> the fuck, uh, why are you here, what are you trying to change, and what is bothering you the most? Because these three questions are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea. But yeah, 
I'm going to see you the next time. So please consider subscribing to the podcast and also to the YouTube channel. And yeah. Bye.